no baseball as of right now. We don't know when it starts. We don't know how many games are going to be played. We don't know the scenario. However, we'll try to predict and answer any questions and concerns that come to our attention. Welcome back to another episode of the Twin Bill Podcast, brought to you by NYY News TV. Very disappointing episode, probably one of our most disappointing episodes. Um, we're both very unhappy. We're both very unhappy. We're going to go into it. This may be long. This may be short because it's a basic subject, really, but also it could be broken down. And who knows? Luca may rant. I may rant. It's a process. Um, it's a bad day for baseball overall. There is no doubt about that. There is a bad day for the image of baseball, for the sport of baseball. And let me say this before we go into anything. And I'm going to let Luca take the reins a little bit because I know he's very silent when it comes to the show and stuff like that. We're not going to sit here and say the whole lockout has been the owner's fault. The whole lockout has been Manfred's fault. We're not blaming anyone individually for this whole thing happening. I think there's a lot of blame to go around. However, and I know it's not particularly good sports radio. With that being said, we have a certain view on Monday night's thing and Tuesday's disagreement that is a very unpopular view about that. I'm trying to really put it out as best as possible without just giving it out because I want Luca to talk and all that stuff. But with that being said, we speak our minds. We speak what we see. We speak the facts. And this is where I turn it over to you, Luca. Indeed, Alex, a very depressing day for baseball. Um, we don't know when it's going to start. We don't know when they will. Well, they're obviously, gonna, let me just say, they're going to be meeting again Thursday in New York City. Might as well cut class, you know, stand in front of the MLB office if I have to. But anyways, not the point. Uh, you, you hit it the nail on the head, Alex. Very depressing day for baseball. There was a lot of optimism on Monday night when everybody was gathering at Roger Dean Stadium. There's a ton of optimism. Even when the clock hit like 12 o'clock, they said, you know what? We're going to extend this deadline to 5 p.m. Tuesday. Nothing got done. The tune changed. Absolutely. Um, you know... It's just so sad. It's so depressing because this sport has has just gone down the tombs. Uh, not the tombs, but the tombs. You get the point. <sighs> what can I say? And there are people just wondering, hey, listen, is there a chance that the MLB gave us the wrong, uh, wrong information? Or a sense of false hope, as you would say. Sense of false hope. And here's what I say to that. There's two things. I'm going to say one thing first, and then I'll say the two things. 
I tried so hard and got so far. In the end, it doesn't even matter. I had it all. I don't remember the other lyrics, but you know what? Luca does not like Linkin Park. And no, you know, I, I played it. Fun fact, I played that certain song, and maybe this was bad mojo by myself, but I played that song on Monday night. It was really Tuesday morning around 2.20 in the morning when they said, okay, we're packing it up. And about that whole progress, oh, did they actually make progress? Was it fake? Was it not fake? If it was fake and they weren't actually making progress, it seems stupid, but I tend to not believe that. I tend to not believe that because it's not about, oh, the beat writers, all this. Why were they there until 2.20 in the morning? Why? When the owners could have said, hey, listen, we can't agree to anything. We're going to get out of here. I mean, how Steinbrenner, of course, you know, he had to be the first one out of there. I had to go night-night. Had to go night-night yeah. in Jupiter. I mean, I was staying up. A lot of other baseball fans were staying up. But, hey, someone someone had to leave to go to 7-Eleven, I guess, or go to the Motel 6. Um, and if it was false... Just overall, before we close out this part, and then we get into the bigger depths of what actually happened and stuff like that, right? Uh, if it was false, then basically every MLB beat writer should be fired. And I have a lot of names on my mind that go to that list. And I think that there's a you know one specific beat writer, and I'll name him Jeff Passan. I think he wants to be right about this. I think he wants to be right, and we'll talk about in a little bit the whole narrative. Oh, the it's just the owners. It's just the owners. You know, just Manfred, whatever. Because I do believe that the players are to blame even before Tuesday's set of negotiations. I, I think that. I think it's the truth that they get some of the blame, like the other parties involved. Um, but. MLB beat writers should be fired if that was false because that was a false sense of hope, false information, even though it's likely not. And they just didn't, they just disintegrate in terms of agreeing on Tuesday. I mean, I don't want to put it in 700 terms, but again, it's sad. We'll go into the depths of it, we'll go into some of the details that were released Monday to Tuesday. All the other good stuff. We're recording this on a Tuesday night for anyone that is wanting to know. So anything that comes out on Wednesday, we're probably not going to cover unless we're in the chat of the premiere. It's not like anything's going to happen on Wednesday. I mean, we already nope. mentioned that there's a good possibility or at least some possibility that they do meet on Thursday in New York. But it seems like they left Florida. It seems like they left Florida and... My question is, just overall, before we go into the depths of it, and I, I want to hear your thoughts, at least to my thoughts, um, why not stay there? Why not stay there? Even if there is a deadline, a deadline is intact and it's real, okay, 5 o'clock, we didn't make it. So what we're going to do is we're going to stay here. Yes, we might have to delay the season by a series or two, but it's better than, oh, let's resume these talks in a couple of days. 
because basically that's what they did at the first part before they started negotiating day by day by day. And before that, they weren't even negotiating at all. So I want to hear thoughts just on what I was talking about. Listen, I just can't wait to get into specifics of it. But you mentioned, you know, why why did they not continue to talk? I think it was because the negative tone that was going on in the Tuesday session that led them to say, you know what? There's no progress being made. There's no, there was a change of tune. Obviously, we can't do this. Let's take a day off and let's go to Thursday, go to New York, and we'll discuss this. So I'm ready to discuss, discuss the specifics of what's going to happen. Yeah. I'm going to start out right away, and I'm going backwards because it's supposed to be in chronological detail, even though it's not. So we obviously know just on the casual side, the non-specific side, okay, the players and the owners did not agree, that stuff, blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to name the source because Pete put it in our NYY news chat and you know, I don't want to spoil Pete's source and stuff like that. That source, who's pretty reliable, said that some of the players were unhappy with the overall representation. Representation, yes. I was looking for the word. They were unhappy with Max Scherzer. They were unhappy with Tony Clark. I mean, if there was a couple players that were unhappy... Why didn't they speak? I know those are already going to be the questions. But just to give it to you guys out there, if they're not united, this could be bigger than what it seems. And obviously on Twitter and the MLB and the MLB writers, all of them saying, oh, yeah, the, you know, the players are united. You know, I don't think they are. I don't think they are. It's it's a weird state of affairs. It's a weird state of affairs to put it to you that way. Um, and even Max Scherzer apparently pissed off the owners with some of the stuff. Now, here's a possible argument to think about. Here's a possible just overall topic to think about. Do you think Max... Also, Andrew Miller was one of the guys that was pissing off the players in that meeting as well. Um, do you think a guy like Max Scherzer should really be in those meetings? If he definitely, if he holds enough power, he probably should be. But if he does, if he's not holding himself accountable professionally and he's not, you know, being professional in those meetings, I can't say he should be in those meetings. Right. And the players' agents were apparently in there. Scott Boris being one of them. And we all know Scott Boris ain't necessarily the nicest guy around. He wants the most he can take him and his clients. So now that we have that news, at least we know why some stuff went South. I just overall in one case, think they shouldn't have stopped talking at 2am. They should have 3am, 4am. Let's get a deal done. Because it seemed like they were making progress. 12-team playoffs, all this other stuff. CBT. CBT is another issue. Trust me, we will get to that. But I want you to really start off the specific subject matter in terms of 
this narrative of it's just the owners and what the players are saying on social media and also as well, in your opinion, I know my opinion, did they actually get some victories and piss it all away on Tuesday? So just go into a tangent if you want to just express your feelings. This is not a sense. I think the whole thing that the owners are always the problem and it's always their fault, like they're the whole problem. I personally believe like that is a bit overblown because let's be honest, Alex, players and owners, they cannot be independent. They rely off of each other. The players make the money for the owners because they are the product. The owners employ the players and they pay them their salaries. Right. Now, now I just lost what I'm going to say, but that's pretty much my starting off statement. So, yeah. well, I was thought that you were going to mention where the players got some victories and stuff like that. Now the players did get victories. I remember, I remember seeing the two to two thirty CBT on Monday night. The minimum salary went up. They proposed MLB proposed a higher minimum salary. Like it was earlier Tuesday afternoon they were like twenty fifty thousand dollars separate which is not doesn't seem so bad because you could just split it down the middle 25 mlb was at six hundred seventy five thousand seven hundred twenty five thousand was mlbpa that's not that doesn't seem like a far difference 700k i see that as a win also 12 team postseason i see that as a win i what else did they propose if you can remember. Now, let me anyway. ask this. I'm going out of chronological order here, kind of. Wasn't the last MLB proposed deal the supposed best one? Wasn't that 700K minimum salary? Because I could have sworn it was. Now, obviously, that's not, oh, it's individual. No, it is not individual. It is included in the deal. I'm pretty sure it was 700K. And trust me. They were at what six fifteen at the beginning of negotiations, and let me say this. Let me say this. I'm gonna say this. Let's look at this research. Yeah, it was minimum salary starting at seven hundred k, going to seven hundred forty k over the course of the deal. I don't think that's bad. I don't think it's that's not, a bad. It's really not. You know, compared to the other shit that we've seen from the owners. And let me say this. This kind of starts off a tangent. We'll go back and forth in terms of some of these things. And we'll also go into some of the specifics, like we just said. Ladies and gentlemen, going back to the owner, player, all narrative thing. I don't know that anyone who actually says, oh, it's all the owners. It's all the owners, right? And we're not defending the owners, okay? It's part of their fault that we are in this lockout, A, and we've really seen no action until the last two weeks of let me ask let me ask all, let me also let me ask you geeks this let me ask you geeks this all you booger eaters out there okay. you're saying you're all you're, terms. You're, you're all going out here saying you know oh what the owners locked out the players you know you really think the union's gonna let them play without a deal that's like a player let's just say a player signs a five-year contract somewhere i don't know i'm gonna do NFL terms since we're around NFL free agency. Let's say, I don't know, Jabril Pepper signs a five-year extension with the Giants. That would never happen. That's just out of random, right? And then his deal comes to an end. Now, is he going to – how do you play without a contract, Alex? The CBA is the contract between the owners, MLB, and the players. 
How, why would you play without a contract? Why would you play without terms and conditions? Please tell me how that makes sense. So, somebody, please. It's, it's like, kind it, of it, like it, it defies logic. It's, I don't know how to describe it. It's like the one comment somebody made. Why don't they postpone the lockout? They're not going to play on old terms. They could rearrange something. But at that point, they, can, they were not going to play on old terms. Let me just interrupt. They could they could maybe like use some of the old terms in the new deal. That's but they won't play what they were trying to do. But they won't play entirely on the old terms. They, it's not like re, you're re-signing with a team for a one-year contract. It's a CBA between the players, the owners, and Major League Baseball. I mean, do people not know logic? Do, do people think before they speak? Obviously not. Tweet? Well, I mean, that's, you know, we obviously know about baseball, Twitter, and stuff like that. But, you know, in terms of that, oh, well, you know, the uh, this, that, and the other thing with the owners locking the players out and they should they postpone the lockout, they're not going to play on the old agreement if it just expired. Like, you're not going to play on your old contract. That, that doesn't make any sense, okay? It's it's over. It's done. Yeah. It's a done deal. And trust me, we're frustrated. We are very frustrated. On Monday night, when everything was seemed to be going smoothly, me and a friend of mine were literally looking at baseball tickets. We were talking about, hey, maybe we can make a trip to Boston. Maybe we could do... And there's a specific date, but it's probably going to get changed now because they decided to delay the season because they're a bunch no, of... No, it's not, Alex. I don't, I, Alex, I doubt it's, Alex, I doubt it gets changed, remember? They're not willing to make up games. Okay. So they're going to play the schedule probably as is. All right. So if they do that, there is a certain date where we're possibly planning. I think it's in July or June. June. I think you mentioned June. Yeah. Where the Yankees play the A's at 1 p.m., and the Mets play the Astros at 6.40. And both are in New York. So with a lot of things happening, we could say, hey, do that. Eat. Do whatever in Queens. Go to the Mets game. And I've never been to City Field. So it would be a great thing for me, Luca, and our friend, who frequently obviously comes on the channel for Boys in the Big Apple, even though it really hasn't been active within the last few weeks. A, because of sports. B, because of scheduling and stuff like that. Um, but I forgot what the tangent I was I was going on before. Well, actually, yeah. Now I now I remember. We are we're pissed about this. So don't think, oh, you know, you're not pissed about this. You know, you're defending the owners. All that shit. Stop, stop. Um, one thing I want to get to is this with this whole oh, it's it's the owners and that stuff. Let me ask you something. Let me ask anyone anything. Well, any anyone something, all right? Let's let's ask this. In negotiations, if you give too much to one side, well, let's start with the basic question: Are you going to get everything you want in any negotiation? In, in any negotiation ever, are you going to get everything you want? No, it's going to have to be a compromise because you have two sides. You're going to have what one side wants, what one side wants on the other side. You're going to have to meet in the middle. Take it as this. Take it as this. You're one group of friends. Let's say you have a group of eight friends, including yourself. 
four group for the the group of four. They want to go out one day and play football. And then your group of friends wants to play baseball. But you all want to do it together. You depend on each other. So you compromise. You don't spend all day playing football. You spend half the day football, baseball. Or you do it in reverse. One plus one doesn't equal one. Anyone knows that. One plus one equals two. Two different sides. Um, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Two halves equal one. Equal one whole. Overall. So a lot of people making these comments really don't get that. And I'm not trying to say, oh, well, this, this, and this, you know, owners, whatever. Because I know we're going to get a lot of that. Trust me. If you really want to debate me on this, go to my YouTube, go in the comment section, go on my Twitter. We could debate this. I could go live, whatever. I'm just putting out my platform because I know there's going to be people in the comment section anywhere that are like, you're defending the owners. You're not going to get everything in a negotiation. But as Luca mentioned, they got, meaning the players, they got a lot of wins. Expanded playoffs to 12 teams. And let me say this, in one of the deals that they sent out, I believe on Monday, it was 14 teams. There's can, no I pause, teams. can I interrupt for you? Can I interrupt for a second? They rose the bonus pool money. Isn't that not enough? Well, of course it's not enough. They, they need to get everything, Luke. Here, here's how I define what they what the MLBPA did on Tuesday. They swang for the swang. Wow. They swung for the fences when they all only needed it was a single or a double to win the game or bring the home the winning run. That's actually a pretty accurate statement. Kind of, you know, defines the Yankees, if you will. Um Don't be bad. Grounding into a double play with the bases loaded with a right-handed hitter up. But that's a different story. We're not even at that yet because we have no baseball to talk about. But with those two deals that they offered before they started agreeing on more things, they had 14 team playoffs. I think it was 700K or 675 in player minimum. And I want to say 20 or 40 million. If you want to do the research on Twitter real quick, because remember, there were two deals. It was the A, B, the A deal and the B deal proposal, of course. And then bonus pool money, all that other crap, 20 or 40 million. Then you had the other one, which was 12 teams, 675K or it was 650K, something like that. I know you'll get the specifics. You'll probably be more the right than I am. And then bonus pool money, I think it was what, 25 million, 20 million, something like that. So here's what I said. You could take number two, and I know that the players hated, hated the expanded playoffs idea because ideally it would mean more money for the MLB. And in that case, the owners wouldn't have to spend as much because, hey, no, you're missing the key point, Alex. You're also missing that uh, mediocrity is uh, kind of justified. Right. No, I, I mean, that was kind of the central point of kind of giving it out. Obviously, as you find that stuff. But I would say this, and I've said this repeatedly on Twitter, and a lot of people started liking this tweet. Take those three things in deal number two. 
You have the 12 team, which is your win. You have the bonus pool money. And you have the minimum money. So maybe you don't agree on minimum and pool. Maybe you don't agree on that. Okay. But you take it anyway. A smart negotiator and a smart mediator. Because you're down one. Would use those chips towards the CBT, towards anything else you have yet to agree upon. So I'm going to teach you all a lesson, and I just taught you all a lesson overall. You don't get everything that you want in negotiations. And you have to negotiate with the other side on a smart basis. Now, if you win with too many things... And I'm not saying winning is totally bad, but it can be in some cases. It's like having a huge win streak in September. It can hurt you in the playoffs. It's a fact. What I'm trying to say here is that if the players strike too many wins and push so hard for a lot of things, not that the owners won't accept, but they'll accept. But the ball is in the owner's park for them to start taking more because they're down. If you get what I'm trying to say. It's in their ballpark. They have the cards. Now they could try to get even with you. And unfortunately, it's not, oh, well, you know, it was just a little bit of a disagreement. In my personal opinion, without going into too many specifics, and we will go into the specifics, by the way. The MLB did what Luca said. They needed a single or a small ball hit to get some victories and close out this deal. However, they swung for the fences. They grounded into a double play. They missed, and the owners were tense. And it all fell through, and we don't have baseball until further notice. So let me say that. And obviously, once again, do I believe that minimum players and the minor league players should be paid more? Absolutely. But let's not act like we live in fucking candy land. Okay? This isn't no perfect world where there's sunshine and roses and all that stuff. You're going to get a raw end of the stick at some point. And I'm going to say this as well. Like Pete said in his live video, you're not going to hammer out 20 years of one disagreement or 20 years of one problem in one sit down. That's just not going to happen. So once again, I just don't think that it was 100% the owner's fault with this latest fall through. I'm going to ask for your response and I'm going to ask for some of the research that you did because that involves Monday, Tuesday negotiations. And there we could really go into it also as well. And if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to let you get the floor after this. I'm pretty sure. Maybe I'm blind. Maybe I'm seeing some other tweets or whatever. I'm pretty sure. The MLB is in the owners and Manfred raised their proposal of the luxury tax to $230 million. Now, where were we? How many weeks ago? Owners were at 215 and the players were at 275. So, yes, 245. That's 245. Okay. 
I, I thought it was higher at some point. It may have been, actually. But the players could have met in the middle. And for expectations-wise, I'm not going to say, yay, owners, yay. I'm not going to champion them. But that $15 million makes a difference. They go to 230 and meet in the middle. We may not have some of these problems. But anyway, we'll go into a little bit more specifics. Luca, I, I want to get your thoughts on all this. And just Let me just say for the record, uh, Buster only tweeted 10 hours ago, the way the 12-team playoff would work, top two teams in each league get first-round buys. Then the other eight teams would play a first-round best of three. That's how it would go for the 12 teams. Now, when you were talking about 14-team playoffs for the owners, the, tw- the players had yesterday, or I think it was earlier today, a 12-team postseason with lower minimums in pools, pool money to be specific. Yeah. The MLB offered a 700K minimum and a $40 million bonus pool if the players agreed with the 14-team playoffs. And that wasn't that a part of the first member John Heyman or Evan Drellich tweeted delay deal B. I'm pretty sure that was on Monday. That was, I think that was a part of Monday's negotiations. Yes. I would look that up on Twitter personally, because it's real easy to look that stuff up, but uh, yeah, it was 12 teams. It was lower minimum, lower uh, bonus pool money. But once again, like I said earlier, the MLB, if they were smart in terms of the PA, not the actual owners, they could use that as a bargaining chip and maybe try to get them to spend a little more and agree to a little bit more of a higher salary cap, not the cap, but a threshold. And let me say two things. This goes to the salary thing in total. While Luca does a little bit of the research, obviously, maybe he finds it and tells me, but I want to say this, and Luca's going to agree with me. I know it, and he'll have a view on it. I don't want to speak for him 100%. Does a salary threshold at 275, let alone $300 million, force owners to spend? Does it, is it an inclination for owners to spend? What is the answer to that? You said 275? Any salary threshold. I think it's again. I don't. Answer. I don't like a. Again, just. I've said this before. I'll say it again. I always preferred a salary cap because no, it just. I'm not saying. I'm not. I'm not saying that. Listen, I know. I know. But I'm saying, is there really, besides the raise? and the pressure of a fan base depending on the market, is there really an inclination to spend more if it's raised to 240 270 300 whatever, unless you have a salary floor or a salary cap? Is there really a force for Hal Steinbrenner to spend if they go up to 275 He can, but I think it's if he does that. I don't know if you're answering my question. Uh, no, I'll give, you, I'll give you a straight. I'll give you a straight answer. I'll give you a straight answer. Thank you. I will give you a straight answer, and that is, it could be a force to spend. I disagree with you. I said it could be. It doesn't no, have to I, be. No, but I'm just saying, an overall question: yes or no answer, in your opinion. 
does a higher or a lower threshold force an owner to spend? A lower threshold, I believe, makes it more tight on money, in my opinion. Because I think when I think of it, like you're obviously paying the money. You know, if you reach that threshold, you're then paying going over it. Then you're paying the tax, obviously, the luxury tax. No, I, I know. But the point so, I'm trying to get more at it, it gets more, in my opinion, it can get more owners to spend. Personally, I disagree with you. I disagree. I don't think that different owners, and we could blame this on cheap owners, we could blame this on no salary cap, we can blame this on 14-year contracts, we can blame this small market teams, all this other crap. But I don't think, because there's no real penalty, I don't think that there is a force, higher or lower luxury tax threshold, I don't think that at all there's a force for these owners to spend. I think if it goes to 275, sure, Hal Steinbrenner may get pressure from the New York Yankees fan base. I definitely think that's a possibility. Let's ask the question, though. Is the league going to do anything about it? Unless they tax the uh, the owners for not spending, which I don't think is going to happen. Are they still going to be selling tickets, beers, and chicken buckets? The answer would probably be yes. That's your answer. The answer overall is... In my personal opinion, now obviously you may change your opinion. You may be on the same train that you were before I brought this topic up. I don't think any luxury tax threshold goes to force an owner to spend. Only pressure. Not league. None of that crap. Now, apparently according to one person, I'm not even going to spend too much time on this said that, oh, the players wanted a salary floor. I I haven't heard that. I don't believe that. Show me an article where that actually stands. But going back to our argument before about the owners debate, the players, Manfred, this guy, that guy, whatever. Why did the 94 lockout happen, Luca? Because the owners wanted to implement the salary cap and the players did not. And what do we have now, Luca? A work stoppage and a lockout. Not the answer I was looking for. The two answers that I was looking for. Imbalance between small and bigger market teams and 14-year contracts that cripple teams. Maybe it would be a different story. Let's just say if Stan didn't have the great year that he did, had this past season, right? Yeah. Or overall the Aaron Hicks situation. Is there a possibility in a salary cap that you could get rid of them easier a little bit? Maybe. There's definitely some wiggle room. And I'm going to say this to a lot of people. People say, oh, well, you know, salary cap in the NFL oh, doesn't exist. Yes, it does. It, it exists. But 
you have to have the right front office people to maneuver around it. So there's that. Um, going to a little bit of specifics, then we'll cover the Jeter topic, and then we could get the audience out of here. Um, I think we've had a good talk so far, but I, I just, yeah, without babbling too much, I kind of want to have those facts and those specifics to back it up. Absolutely. You said you had a so we've obviously mentioned that negotiations, negotiations could resume as early as Thursday in New York, but the union reminds everyone that MLB said it was the best and final offer. They're basically saying now that the MLB is not going to put forth a better offer. Which so, I don't think is a good. I tactic. think it's pushing a narrative, but that's that's just me. I mean, there's two sides that yeah could be pushing a narrative. Listen, we're not gonna, and I'm not saying it was totally bad. Like it's not the greatest offer in the world. I don't think it was too bad. Because let me look at the final offer. We were discussing it in the NYY news chat. Let me look at the final offer. Um, we had a seven hundred thousand minimum salary. Okay, yeah, that was one. That was one. I don't think the playoffs were a part of it, though. I don't think the playoffs were a part of it. No changes to the CBT threshold. So it would start at 220, 220, 220, 224, 230, and then $30 million in pre-arbitration bonus pool money. Which was up from five. 25 to $30 million. Yeah. And then you have the minimum salary, which is 700K, moving 10K a year. Personally, me. Now, obviously, once again, I have different views on this than a lot of people. I would have taken that. Oh, yeah, I would have too. I would have taken that. That's that's an offer you take. Is this because, the greatest offer? No. But it's something I no, take. No, absolutely not. And what can you say about the CBT threshold? Well, like I said, does it really force MLB owners to go out and spend if it was 220 or 275? I don't think it inclines owners to spend like everybody thinks. I don't know why, personally, me, I don't know why players are so obsessed with that idea because it's not going to make owners sign free agents. You really think if it's 275? K, uh, not 275K. Imagine that would that'd be like 100 years ago. Imagine if it was $275 million. I think we would be having the same conversation about are the Yankees actually going to sign Correa or are they going to stick to Volpe? Because I don't think overall in Hal's mind it matters too much about the threshold. It's about Oh, Aaron Judge signing him to an extension. We got guys in the minor league system. We already have so much contracts and and money spent with Aaron Hicks and Luis Severino and Giancarlo Stanton and Garrett Cole. Some of the greater moves by Cashman, obviously. Some of them being sarcastic. Some of them not being, obviously, Garrett Cole. Um, But just to finish it out overall, I would have taken that. Obviously, once again, I have. Can I include? Can I also include uh, something else? That would be the MLB also wanted to implement a pitch clock, ban shifts, and have larger bases for 2023 during the final two days of talks. So let me say this about that because that's a good point. I didn't think of that. Um, 
Larger bases, if they're not two feet larger, I don't care. I don't care. I mean, I don't know why they would put the larger bases in, maybe to prevent some first base collisions. That's, I think, the idea. So, is it a great idea? No. Would I say, yes, okay, let's get this crap done? I would say, okay, let's take the larger bases. Would I ban this shift completely? No. I would ban some shifts. That is a very unpopular opinion. As I know a lot of six outfielders out there. I know a lot of people would be saying, you know, they've been criticizing Joey Gallo. I don't know specifically what he said. I know he criticized his shift and a lot of people went after him. And personally, me, I don't like the type of player Joey Gallo is. And maybe that works for another team. I don't think it works for the Yankees because overall they're a home run or nothing team. That's the way I've felt about them the last two, three years under Aaron Boone. But that's just me. Maybe I'm being a imbecile. I don't know. But ban that shit with five, four, how many outfielders? First of all, one thing I will commend the Players Association for, they want to... No, it wasn't the Players Association. It was actually the front office, uh, the MLB, owners, all that stuff. I know they wanted to hurry up the process. I don't know which side. Now, I'm rumbling on this. But one of the sides wanted to hurry up the process of on-field changes so that, oh, we don't have to wait until next year. We could do it within a matter of weeks or possibly months. And when the Tampa Bay Rays came out with the four outfielders, when the Blue Jays came out with the four outfielders, teams can complain and they can ban it because that's bullshit. I don't think you should be having four outfielders, five outfielders. Fucking add an extra fielder. Put five in the infield, five in the outfield. Or four in the outfield and four in the infield. Let's do that. I said that before on a, you know, Boys in the Big Apple a while ago. I don't think that should be allowed. I don't know why it is. I don't know why you know the Rays continue to do it. I don't know what analytics said. Oh, well, this, this, and this. I, I just think it's the process is completely stupid. Um, in terms of like having three infielders on the right side, there's two ways I feel about it, and it's not necessarily one compressed view. I do think that MLB players have to hit against a the shift. They have to. Any shift at all, maybe they're bunting or whatever the case may be for any different player, right? They have to hit against a shift because if they didn't have a shift at all, you're making it too easy for the hitters to go whatever way they want. And then I remember people start coming with excuses for Joey Gallo. Oh, well, Joey Gallo is not hitting the ball as well because pitchers are pitching him inside. So what the fuck does that have to do with anything? Adjust. But also, I do think it's a tad unfair. Yeah, let's put three infielders on the right side of the infield. So basically, some of these players have virtually no shot at getting a base hit. But once again, that's why I have two sides of the argument. Those sides are very good reasons for their respective narratives. Uh, so I went over the shifts. I went over the base. Pitch clock. Get the fucking pitch clock out of here. No, I don't support that shit. I mean, that's minor leagues. I don't know if don't they, they have like 40 seconds. I don't know. Between pitches. Personally, 
let me ask you this before I actually give my own view on this. Would you take that? Would you take that entire package to just say, okay, let's fucking go. Let's play. Bargaining ship, or would yes. you say, or would you say, oh, let's, you know, let's take this pitch clock bullshit out of here. First option. So you would take it. Yeah. See, it's I don't think you got to uh, sacrifice things. No, I, no. Listen, look, I pretty much said that in the debate earlier. I hate the pace of play bullshit. But I don't know. It's not like it's something to have a real viewpoint on at this point, in my opinion, because, hey, they're not negotiating right now. So it's not like, oh, I hate it. Oh, I love it. Obviously, that's a politician way to wander around a question or a suggestion like that. But banning the shift, ban some ways of the shift, especially the outfielder bull crap with the four outfielders, five outfielders, and larger base. If it's not too significantly larger, I don't care. I don't care. So that was that, and we obviously went over the deal. But I think we could close it up here. I think we mentioned a lot of good specifics. Um, if you could go real quickly, did you check out if it's 2.30 that the MLB proposed in one of the deals? I believe it was. Okay. Okay. Uh, let me just take a look. No, actually, it was 2.20. But I'm All pretty right. sure at one point there was a proposal for 2.30. Yeah, The union six hours ago, and obviously six hours ago to four o'clock, whatever, was seeking $244 million, with an increase of about $6 million, $7 million each year. So, from my personal opinion, it wouldn't change a goddamn thing. And about the draft lottery, that's an easy thing to give into. Why do you care about the draft lottery? Why? Why, in my opinion, for the Players Association, maybe I don't get the full picture on this. Why do you care? It's more of an owner's thing than it is a player's thing. Just take the draft lottery. But the final offer, just overall, playoff pool, 12 teams, minimum salary, 700000 absolute take, $30 million in the pre-arbitration, $220 million in CBT, and five lottery draft picks. It's not a deal that I'm excited about. And I'm not a negotiator. I'm not in that fucking room. I wish I could be. Trust me. I would make things a lot better. But as I said, it's not a perfect offer. I would take it. Because I would know, hey, some of my guys with you know, the minor leaguers, the 40-man guys, it's not even about the, oh, Max Scherzer can't pitch and Garrett Cole can't pitch because it's a lockout. No. What about those guys in the 40? What about those guys that aren't paid crap and they're on the 40? Florial, Raza, Divey Garcia. What about those guys? Nobody's talking about them. So that's, in my opinion, who MLBPA refuses or at least doesn't think about, and that's why we're in this conversation, that's why we're in this situation, amongst other things. But overall, I would have taken that deal and said, okay, let's play ball. But I'm going to finish my thoughts off like this, then we'll go to the Jeter thing. I blame everybody for this, 
even if it's the players within the last couple of hours in terms of negotiations, I blame everybody for this. MLB continues to have a big image problem. And they could have done this in December. They could have done this in January. They could have done this last year. And guess what, folks? All three parties are involved there. And I know there was some counterproposal bullcrap that happened where one side didn't get back to another side and they rejected it. I don't know which side proposed to which side. Whatever it was, bullshit. They should have said this, you know, and done this years before. But the MLB has an image problem and they have a disorganization problem. So there's that. Um, Luca, for final thoughts, and then we'll jump into the Jeter thing, and then we will get you guys out of here. Yeah, pretty much I agree with you said. I think everybody's guilty amongst the three. All right, so if you want to quickly go into the Derek Jeter topic, obviously this happened on Monday, around once a week, but I'm going to let Luca pretty much go into it. So it was pretty much announced that Derek Jeter was going to be selling his stake and stepping down as the CEO of the Miami Marlins. Due to a direction change, Jeter thought he was going to spend about 10 to $15 million upcoming this year. Miami does not want to do that, and uh, they they felt that uh, directions were going in two separate directions, two separate ways, and Jeter did not feel comfortable, so he left. Yeah, and this was a process that was agreed to when he bought his stake in the team. Yes. He wanted to spend. He's, from what I hear, an old-school baseball guy, so pretty opposite of your analytics managers. I'm not saying Don Mattingly's analytics. That is not what he is. And obviously, you'll have the hype-ups. And we can dream, but I don't think it's going to happen because Hal is Hal. Brian Cashman is Brian Cashman. Aaron Boone is Aaron Boone. Oh, get Derek Jeter you know, back on the Yankees. Let me ask this. And obviously, I've heard a family member say it. But do you think he still has hard feelings? Now, I don't know any of the, the days he's been to recently. He hasn't been to an old-timers game. At least I don't think so. He was at his retirement day, which was putting himself in Monument Park. He may have been at a couple of teammates' days like Bernie Williams and some other guys. Do you think he still holds resentment to the organization because he didn't get what he wanted in that last contract? I think it's a couple of years past. I doubt he has those hard feelings. Do you think he's coming to the Yankees, though? No. Just overall? Going to finish this out right here. Obviously, two different directions. And this is the problem with smaller market teams, obviously. And I'm not going to say, oh, the owners, this, that, and the other thing, right? Um, You'll have small market teams who can't spend. And apparently, they were not financially in the position that the financials were in the dumper. But at the same time, you do have a couple of teams that are not willing to spend who are small market, but they think they have the money and they can spend, but are not willing to spend. So that really makes the argument harder for a salary cap and makes more of an argument for a salary threshold, even though it doesn't force the owners to go out there and spend. So there's that Luca final thoughts. And we'll get out of here. Listen, dark days loom ahead for baseball. Hopefully, hopefully this, uh, this lockout ends pretty soon. And hopefully this, uh, Hopefully not much of the season is uh, canceled more. Hopefully 
we still have games. Yeah, and hopefully this year we go to a bunch of games and we see some of you guys there. Would love to meet a couple of you guys. I don't know if he's in the comments right now. He may be, he may not be. We've seen Matt Riley at a couple of New York Giants events, uh, which was fun. I'd like to meet some of you guys, obviously. I really don't meet a lot of people in person. Um, you know, just when I go to games, some people will come by, some people will not. But anyway, that, with that being said, before I mumble and stumble on my words, um, Dark days are ahead, but brighter days are ahead. They're just further in the distance. Keep it here, though. We have a great network over here. Glad to be a part of it. Glad to be a part of it with some of the guys we have on different podcasts. The Guillens, Francis, Pete, Chef, the fellas, Arby, the other guys you don't see behind the scenes, stuff like that. Hopefully baseball gets going at some point. I want to talk about roster competition rather than the same bullshit week after week. And it's hard for us content creators that are just baseball. I know I'm not just baseball, but this network obviously was predicated just on baseball and really the Yankees. You really don't have a lot of content to talk about other than this crap because, hey, Nothing's going on. It's all speculation. Oh, Korea this, Korea that. You know, that can happen once free agency starts and all that other stuff. They'll become a little bit more relevant. But um, it's a hard time. It's a hard time, but we'll see what happens. Hopefully, a deal gets done. Now, let me ask this, and we can end out on this. Over under May 1st as opening day. I'm going to be hopeful, say under. For right now, I'm going to say under. I might change. I might change. I know you're the better. You do your prop bets, but I'm going to say the under. Just for optimistic reasons. Not totally optimistic, but not too negative. Peace out, guys. Like, comment, subscribe. Help us out. Go donate if you guys want merchandise, all that stuff, nyynewstv.com, I think, is the site. Uh, Pete did a great job on that. Anyway, guys, we'll see you on the next Twin Bill episode next Wednesday. Have a good night, everybody. Before it hits the front page.